The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 184 of our podcast about uh, your Cincinnati Reds. I'm Chad Dotson. With me again this week is my good friend, I uh, hope you're a good friend as well, Bill Lack. How are you today, Bill? I'm great. I'm doing great. 184. Can you believe that? That's how old I feel some days. <laughs> yeah, right. No doubt. Me too. Me too. Well, uh, and, you know, talking about these old Cincinnati Reds, uh, the last place Cincinnati Reds, is not going to make you feel young again, uh, unless you want to remember the good teams of your youth, which is about the only thing that any of us can do. But uh, it's been an interesting year in terms of finding out what the Reds have and and how it's going to uh, how they may be next year, and I wanted to talk a little bit about what we've seen from the Reds this year in the context of what what can we expect next year from some individuals uh, on the team. And this week over at Cincinnati Magazine, I wrote a piece. I've done it uh, several times this year, and I did my final installment of what I call the Reds player power rankings. And I just rank every player that basically that's played for the Reds this year. Um, and there's like a, a power rankings like you'd see at all the sites for the teams, you know, uh, who's, uh, who's, uh, who's doing well, who's not doing well, who's shooting up the list. And there were some players that did shoot up the list. And I thought we'd just use that as a, a way to, to talk about what some of these guys have done this year. And mostly I wanted to talk about Joey Votto first because he came in number one on the player power rankings. Man, really? I, I bet you're surprised with that ranking. I am shocked. <laughs> shocked. shocked, I tell you. How good is that guy? And we, uh, we, could, we could talk about this for an hour every week. and We have to hold ourselves back from talking about how great Votto is, but I want to give you a chance to talk about Votto. Uh, the thing that, that, that I, I'm enjoying is I think this year he's won over – I won't say all of the naysayers, but damn near all of the naysayers. Um, I've even heard Marty talk nice about him. Uh, I was watching the game, I think it was last night, and Tom said by the time he's done, he's going to destroy the Reds' record book. In I saw that, yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I've been blessed – to, to be old enough to, to, to have seen some really good teams and some really good players. And, and I'm not going to tell you Joey Votto is the best player I've ever seen. I'm not even sure he's the best. He's probably the best hitter career-wise I ever saw. Um, 75 and 76, Joe Morgan was the best player I've ever seen in my life. Now, I didn't get to see my I, – you know, I haven't got to watch Mike Trout year, you know, day in, day out like that, like I did Morgan. But – People that don't read, I, I think even people that Joey's won over, don't. I think many of them, especially the the, the new found converts, I don't think they realize what they're seeing, how good this is. Oh, I think you're right, I, and and that's something that we try to say often is, listen, we're watching a future Hall of Famer here. Every single day, you get a chance to watch a guy, not just a future Hall of Famer, but really a master of his craft of hitting. Someone that takes it so seriously and takes every at-bat seriously. And the fact that we get to watch every single at-bat of his, um, I tell people to enjoy him while you can because it's something special and, and people don't really understand. I, I still, I, I agree with you. I don't think people really understand, some people, what we have here. Even if they realize, the, if they've softened their stance on it, they don't realize what we really have here is someone that we may never see anyone like that in our lifetimes in a red uniform again. Yep. He, he's very special. Um, and, I think and, you and, I, and you and I have been saying for a couple of at least for a year, maybe two, that he was on a Hall of Fame trajectory. And I think, if anything, the Rockets going further straight up than 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 it ever was. You know, since since the All Star break last year, I'm not convinced there's a better player in baseball. 
And we're talking about a guy in his age 32 and 33 seasons. This is when right. you would think he would start to decline, but you're right. He's not. He's maintaining and even increasing his production. It, it, it's amazing to watch. He appears to be offensively able to do whatever he wants to do on the field. And oh. you don't, you can't say that with many players. <laughs> no, no, he really, it's special. And, you know, I think you're right. About- I want to give him his due, and this is just the eyeball test, but I think his defense has also been much better this year. The metrics show that. The, the metrics. Like, you know- Faith I put in I know, and that's a conversation we've had on the podcast many times. But um, when the metrics match up with the eye test, you know, yeah. there may be something to it. And I agree with you. The eye test shows that. The metric shows him as one of the top three defensive first basemen in the, in the National League this year. And wow. you know what that is? He said it in spring training. I was embarrassed by my defense last year. I'm going to work harder to improve that. And I think it's clear that, again, even if you just want to judge on the eye test, well, he made a play uh, the other night, a couple nights ago, where he dove for a ball and then uh, threw it over um, to whoever was covering first, and I was like. And then there was another play where he, uh, Patrick Kivlihan was playing third base and made a sort of a errant throw, and Votto caught the ball basically laying on his stomach and somehow kept his foot on the bag. I mean, it was really an impressive athletic play, and you don't think of Joey Votto as being particularly athletic. So uh, he's, yeah. he's, he's getting better at age 33 offensively yeah. and defensively. I think it's funny because if you remember our podcast with Chris Welsh before the season, I asked Chris about Joey improving his defense, and he said, oh, "Joey's defense is what it is because he, you know, he really just cares about it." Basically, and I'm and I'm paraphrasing Chris, please. Uh, you know, he, Joey's an offensive guy, you know, but but I think it's part of it's what you said. I think he was embarrassed by his his defense last year. Yeah, I, th- I think Chris was right that last year he he was. So focused on what he's doing at the plate that I think he carried it out there. And I think he said uh, something to that effect in the interview that I saw where he said he wanted to work to improve it. So that's a guy who takes so much pride in what he does. And um, it's really exciting to watch watch what he's doing. And something else is exciting to circle back to what you said a moment ago because I do want to agree with you because I very rarely agree with you on anything. We we don't agree very often. Right. So I wanted to make sure to highlight that I agree with you. I would think you'd get tired of being wrong all the time. (laughs) You'd think so, but never. Um, There has been a little bit of a shift, maybe not a little bit, maybe a lot, a shift in the narrative around Joey Votto in the Cincinnati area. I agree. I mean, I, I think that's completely true, and, and and it's not even a small shift. It's a dramatic shift, in my opinion. It really is. I mean, uh, no, you, you don't hear any of the criticism we used to hear. There's more of a recognition that this is a special guy that's in our midst. midst. And everybody that, that criticized had criticized him in the past. You don't hear any of that anymore. And so, I think it has to do with the donkey. <laughs> I, you know, the truth of the matter is, I think the donkey and you know these goofy plays throwing foul balls up into the upper deck to fans and just some of the stuff that he's uh, showing his personality a little more. I think that does have something to do with it. Well, I do. I, I think it does too. And, and and I need a donkey update. You know, we do need an. I haven't heard of a donkey update since shortly after the All Star break. Yeah, we need to find out what's going on with the donkey. Uh, um, but you know Joey's a I mean, for, for, and I, I've never met the man but just from what you you know what you can get out of the meeting he's a he's a different kind of guy right he's not your average ball player well he's just and, maybe it takes somebody sort of unique like that to be as singularly uh, obsessed and focused on his craft I don't know uh, you know Ted Williams had detractors too and he was a pretty good ball player <laughs> right that's a fact <laughs> That's a fact. And, you know, you look at – I don't have – wish I would thought to pull it up here, but you look at the all-time on-base percentage leaders, which Votto's up, up with those guys like Williams and Ruth and Ty Cobb and, you know, all these guys. It's uh, – Yeah, and if you're mentioned in the, in the same breath with those kind of guys, the air is pretty rarefied up there, you know? Yeah. They showed a stat on Fox Sports Ohio a couple weeks ago where um, – and I snapped a picture of it and tweeted it out, but uh, it was like the top – uh, on base percentages post All Star break career, and Votto was like fifth, I think, behind Ted Williams, Barry Bonds. Um, All uh, on base percentage post All Star break, yeah, career, <laughs> right. In the, in, in their not career. Sure anything there, are we? <laughs> Maybe not, but on a Tuesday, in you know, all right, when, when the temperature <laughs> is above seventy eight, and <laughs> well, anyway, Votto is good, Bill. He's a pretty good player, and He's I think right. we'll keep him. Yeah, let's keep him. Uh, and that's a I, good... think I think he'll be here in 2018. I do, too. I think he'll be here, and I think he'll be still very, very good. But, uh, you know, keeping him 
that's not a question with Joey Votto, but it is a question for um, number two on the Reds player power ranking, Zach Cozart, who just, I mean, what an amazing year, but he's a free agent. Is he going to be back next year? Do you like that segue from uh, from Votto to that's- Cozart? Smooth, very smooth. But uh, you know what the Reds do with Zach Kozar is going to be really interesting to watch over the next few weeks. And I really don't know what they'll do. You can't tender him. There's no way in the world you can tender Zach Kozar. He'd take it. And it's what? What did I? I think I read it's like fourteen million dollars. No, I think it's going to be in the neighborhood of eighteen. Yeah, I mean that's crazy money. You can't pay Zach Kozar eighteen million dollars. But can you can you sign him? Can you sign him for three years? I don't know that I would go three years. How how old is he? I don't know. I don't know that he'll go for fewer than three years. I know he's thirty one. This is his age thirty one season. But you know what though? Wouldn't you think if the demand was real high for Zach Cozart, he'd already be gone? Maybe, but there there will be different teams looking for a shortstop in the off season than they were uh, right before the All Star sure, break. But how much are they willing to pay? I don't, at, at that point, at that point, all you got to do is is pay more than they do. Right, but if you got two teams interested, then uh, you know who knows where it'll go. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think that if you could get him for three years, you certainly try to. I, and I wouldn't have said that before. And, and to the the point that you know, one good year, true, it's one great year, I mean, an amazing year. He's over great, absolutely. He's over five wins. He's one of the top twenty hitters in all of the major leagues this year. But um, is it a blip or is it a trend? Well, I think it's a trend. Now, do I think he's ever going to repeat these numbers? Never. No, he will never reach these heights again. I'm not suggesting that. But if you look, he's sort of uh, improved the last few years steadily uh, since that uh, since that the year that he was the worst hitter in the in the majors, really, um, at age 27, which is just blows my mind. But if you look at the number of – this is what I'm, I call the Votto influence, and there's another player later I want to talk about that that's seeing it too. Um, he swings at fewer pitches outside the zone every year. He swung at fewer pitches outside the strike zone every year. His walk rate has gone up. Uh, you know, you're seeing sort of things in the peripheral numbers that show that he, he's actually a different hitter than he was back when he was a bad hitter. Now, is he really this five wins above replacement player? Well, he was this year. This he, he actually did that, but you're crazy if you expect that he's ever going to get five wins above replacement again. Can he get three and a half or? Well, and the other thing is, of that five, 4.7 of them is offensive. Yeah. Which is amazing because he's a, you know. I, I, he's known as a defensive He guy. is. Has the defense slipped? I think it has to have slipped with the injuries some, but he looks pretty good to me. Yeah, again, the eyeball test, you, you know, he, he, he's better than anybody else we've got to put out there right now. It's a fact. I mean, I mean, what kind of offer would you make him? I don't think I would make him an offer that he would accept, to be honest, because I think someone will – first of all, this is the last time he's going to have a chance to get a make, sign a big free agent contract. This is his you know, this is his year. I think someone's going to offer him something more than the Reds could or should. And I don't know what that number is going to be. Something like three years 30 or something? I think, oh, I'll think he'll make more than – I think he'll make more than $10 million a year. Really? I would, I would sign him for three years at 30. I, I think he'll easily be worth that. Uh, I think I think he'll get more than that. Um, I, I couldn't do I couldn't do that to a guy thirty one. You're you're just you're you're betting on the wrong side of the odds with a guy that's had some. And although they a lot of them have been fluke injuries, you're, you're also with a guy that's you know not played a full season. Yeah. Um, and, and, and and you know you got a kid coming up through the system that's going to force somebody in the infield to move. Well, okay, so 2018, if you, if you don't it's sign assuming, Cozart. Assuming he doesn't become Nick Ososki. Oh, gosh, yeah. I don't even want to think about that. I mean, isn't that the first thing you thought of, though? Absolutely. When you hear, heard that Nick Senzel had uh, ver- suffering with vertigo, Vert- absolutely. Yeah. You know. um, Again, we're showing our age. Yeah, you're showing your age. Well, yeah, I am. <laughs> Zach, <laughs> so if you don't sign Zach, what do you do a shortstop on opening day next year? I don't know. Jose Peraza, I guess. Yeah, I assume, and I don't know who's – and, well, you know, biggest surprise on this team this year, it's either Zach Cozart's offense or it's Scooter Jeanette, period. Scooter, the legend of Scooter Jeanette. Yeah, yeah, Scooter has uh... – And I'm not – and I'm still not sold on Peraza, you know. He just uh... – <laughs> Well, okay. Scooter, first of all, 
number seven on the Reds player power rankings. So a top ten uh, player in the power rankings. I made nobody would have guessed that. You're right. Nothing to complain about with Scooter. Scooter, except for defense. If you want to look for something to complain about, he's not going to be a defensive whiz. Um, Peraza, I'm. Not, I mean, I'm not sold either. But I just don't know. I'm not willing to say anything either way because he's shown signs of uh, learning the strike zone. He made a change in his swing. It's been shown that since he made this little change in his swing, he's swinging fewer times outside the zone. Now we're talking two and a half months, but so that's a small sample. But still, um, at age 23, I'm not willing to say one way or the other. But he's certainly not done anything this year that makes me willing to hand him the shortstop job or the second base job and say it's yours. So if, if you had to give up one of Peraza or Jeanette in the offseason, who do you trade? Oh, well, I trade Scooter uh, for a number of reasons. Peraza's young, you know. Sure. What's that? He's younger, yeah. He's four years younger. Yeah. Scooter is uh, just had his career year. I don't expect him to, There's nothing in his uh, history that makes me think he'll be able to repeat this. And also, you're, you're dealing with. Except, except he's, he's, this should be the prime of his career. That's true. It's also he'll never be more valuable, you would think. On the trade market, you're trading high, so you're you're yeah you're you're selling him uh, at his uh, highest value, and so maybe he can be a piece to a trade that uh, brings back uh, st- the stud starting pitcher we all want. Um, so I you know I, I trade Scooter in a, in a heartbeat. I mean I wouldn't think twice about it. Uh, I, I wouldn't th- I wouldn't think twice about trading Peraza. I wouldn't either. I mean uh, you know but you know there's there's I'm not sure there are. Five guys on there aren't five. I guarantee you there aren't five guys on this team I wouldn't trade. I'm there, not sure. There's, I'm not sure there's two guys on this team I wouldn't trade. There's nobody on this team I wouldn't trade. Well, I trade any of them the right deal. Um, well, I don't want to trade some of them. I mean, what kind of deal? Well, anyway, we're not going back to Votto. Anyway, moving on. Go ahead. I'll trade Votto for Mike Trout. <laughs> okay, I will. Be, the Angels will be happy to make that. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, they're on the phone. They're calling right now. They heard you, and they're on the phone. The thing is about Peraza, the Rays don't have any other shortstops in the organization. Unless you move Suarez back. Unless you move Suarez, and I'm hesitant to do that. I mean, I would. He, you know, I, I, And I think after what I, the improvement I've seen from him defensively at third, I think he can handle short. Um, but I hate moving a guy who's playing elite defense at third base. But that's not to say, you know, if you're talking about trading somebody, it's not to say you don't bring somebody in. Yeah. Yeah, well, that may be an area. In trades, it's not just guys going out. I know, but I want to bring pitchers in. Good God. How many pitchers do you need? I need some good pitchers. Did you watch the pitching staff this year? Did you see it the last month and a half? Uh, We're going to talk about that in a moment. And, uh, yes, you're right. I mean, there's a lot of uh, reasons for optimism. But I don't don't disagree with you that the Reds uh, could and should, if they can get a uh, shortstop back. Um. Uh, you know, I'm not advocating for anything here. I'm just. If the Reds can get a shortstop, you're in good shape if you want to uh, leave Suarez at third and put Senzel, who played a lot of second base in college, move Nick Senzel over to second base. You know, you got Scooter until Senzel's ready, and then Scooter's sort of a super sub, really nice bat off the bench. And that's not a bad, that's not a bad idea. I like the and- sound of that. And he could play third. I think he can play some third, can he? Yeah, in a pinch. Yeah, you, yeah absolutely. And he plays the corner outfield spots if you need him to. I mean, uh, he's not he's not going to be great defensively anywhere, but he'll be passable so that you can use him around the diamond a little bit. He's never, never going to hurt you. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's what he he'll give you, you know, what you expect out of him, which is he's going to be a pretty decent bat. I don't think he'd be this good, but man, it's a, a bat like that off the bench with some pop. Um. So I would I I don't mind giving second base to Scooter. Until Senzel's ready, I just think you've got to address shortstop because, um, I, although I have a feeling they're, they're going to address shortstop by signing Zach Cozart. And I don't think it's a good idea depending on the numbers um, and the years. I can't but, imagine, you know, then, then they'll plead poverty and, you know, and then they'll. I, we've been there before. Yeah. Uh, number three on the player power rankings, Bill. And this is uh, to go back to the, the, the young pitchers we're talking about. The previous yep. time. When I did these power rankings, this guy was not ranked at all, and he shot all the way up the rankings to number three on the Reds player power rankings, Luis Castillo. That guy. Oh, man. Uh, how can you not be impressed? No, oh, I'm in love with that guy. You know, he, 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 did, he did nothing but 
get better. It, it seemed, I mean, I'm not going to say, you know, it wasn't a straight line curve, but close. He, <laughs> he seemed to get better with almost every start. Yeah. I mean, 141 ERA plus, 3.12 ERA. You know, in 15 starts, his first 15 starts in the big leagues, he posted two and a half wins above replacement. I mean, that's that's insanity. I just he's twenty and he's twenty four. Twenty four and and so yeah, so stands to get better. Just so mature. I mean, I know you watched him, but I love watching him on the mound just because nothing phased him. He went after hitters. I, I think. I think I want the Reds to go out and get a really good pitcher this year. I think they need to be focused on that. I've said it many times. But I do think Luis Castillo eventually uh, can be an ace, a legitimate ace, like a you know a top 15 starter in the major leagues. Am I crazy? No, I don't think you're crazy at all. It's not just him. These young pitchers, uh, have they impressed you as much as they've impressed me the last couple of months? Yeah, I, in fact, I was at the ball yard Saturday and, and saw Romano, and that's the first time I'd seen him in person, and I was very impressed. Well, he was just in control. Yeah, and I, you know, they, they weren't playing the best of ball clubs, and, that, and that's the other question. These guys have kind of shined in a weak part of the schedule for the most part. So, you know, are we really seeing them, you know, emerging, or are we just seeing them against bad offenses, bad teams? I hope it's you know one and not the other. Yeah. Oh yeah. Me too. Me too. And I, and I don't know the answer to that. Uh, the flip side was Luis Castillo. If you go back and look at his game log, his first you know ten starts, nine of them were against playoff teams. I mean, he he came in pitching against good teams yeah. and still held his own. Some of these other guys, yeah, it's a it's a it's a question. And I think. Yeah, but how can you not like Maul? You know, and 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 Stevenson has gotten better and better and better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Molly. Uh, was two point seven ERA and four starts in the majors, and another guy that was just mature, and then, and I think he's going to be in the rotation beginning next year. Well, and I, and I think he's going to get better because he's not he, he's not going to have the control problems. Yeah. yeah, I think he still had a lot of nerves and sure. So uh, and, and and that's it's called being a young pitcher coming up to the major leagues for the first time and, and facing big leaguers that know the strike zone uh, better than the minor leaguers do. And he's 22. 22 years old. I mean, and he's been successful everywhere he's been. His career ERA in the minor leagues, 2.85 over five seasons. So, so the four young guys that we're talking about, the old men are Castillo, Castillo, Castillo and Stevenson at 24. <laughs> That's good. That's good. And Stevenson, you know, if you'd have told me, even earlier this year, that uh, he would be in the mix going into next season. I don't think I would have believed it, but, you know, in, uh, since August 1st, eight games, seven starts, five and one record, 2.52 ERA. I mean, he's still walking too many guys, but that's real progress. And it and his stuff is so glorious when he throws strikes. It's just he's got more stuff than anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, the guys that I thought, I thought Cody Davis, Cody Davis, uh, Cody Reed, uh not rookie Davis. I put those two together. Cody Reed and Amir Garrett were the two that I thought were going to take the big step forward this year. And no, they're not. We got four guys that have really taken big, made real progress, and none of them are Cody Reed or Amir Garrett. Or yeah, they, 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 they're in the back of the bus now. Yeah, I mean they're in the mix for bullpen if these other guys pan yep. out, um, which I think would be fine with either of those guys. I think they they could uh, excel in the bullpen, but that's four starters. And not talking about Ricky Davis either, who may be in the bullpen, who was on the opening day rotation. Um, and, and you got your four guys, young guys that we were talking about, ne- you know, for next year. And, and I don't, I, I don't know what they're going to do. You, you and I have to, we we talked about this ad nauseum over the years. Is this idea of going into spring training and having to win a job on limited times against bad, you know, against minor league hitters and blah blah. blah. It's almost impossible, you know. But do you give them a job based on? The last month of the season, I, I don't know what the answer is there. Well, you got to put everything into the pot. I think Ricky Davis won largely on his performance this spring, and we saw how that worked out. Yeah. Um, this year, yeah, I think you put everything in the mix. I mean, I think that you don't, don't certainly don't judge him by the numbers in the spring, but uh, you know, which guys are working the hardest? Which guys seem to be making improvements on whatever areas the Reds identify to them that they need to improve? Which guys are throwing strikes? And I think the Reds need to get have three of those four guys. To me, if three of those four guys pan out next year, 
and be the pitchers that we think they could be, then I think all of a sudden you're starting to look at a rotation that could be really, really good, especially if the Reds bring somebody in. Because, you know, Homer Bailey is going to be Homer Bailey, whatever that is, um, if he can be healthy. If Anthony DiScafani can be healthy, I mean, that's a number two starter, but, again, the guy can't stay healthy. Um, so, I mean, I think that you, it's not that hard to, to switch from my uh, – I, I think Jason Linden and I talked about this last week – you don't have to really squint too hard to see a pretty good rotation next year, especially no, I, if they I, had someone. I said that to someone today. I said, if you know, if these young guys continue to pitch the way they have and, and, and continue to improve, and, and the offense stays as good as it has it been this year, yeah, this is a playoff contending team. I'm I not saying a division winner, but I'm saying we could be hunting to get in. They could be in the wild card mix next year. Yeah. I don't think, and t- you're saying that about a team that's going to lose 90 games, but which sounds crazy, but. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I think it's uh, it, it's not like everything has to go right, you know. Just now, you keep talking about him bringing someone in. What makes you and in, in, in I mean, other than wishing upon a star, what makes you think that they'll they're even entertaining the idea of bringing someone in that would that would be expensive? Dick Dick Williams actually said that that they're they're going to go out and uh, try to bring in an impact starter uh, and not a Scott Feldman type. Well, he really? said he said not a, not the kind that uh, we something like the, like we've been signing the last few years an impact arm. He where, said that publicly. He said it in the Enquirer. Wow, I missed that completely. Yeah, I'll find it and uh, send you the link on that. So that's that's why I'm hopeful. I think the Reds realize that we're at the point now in this rebuild where it's time to start investing back in the uh, major league uh, payroll. And, and Dick Williams, you know, I, he came on the podcast earlier this season. That's one thing he said when when I asked him about it, uh, about when do we get to the point in the rebuild. And he wouldn't say at that time that we're almost to that point. Uh, you know, he said at some point we're going to – this money that we've been taking and investing internationally, investing in the minor leagues, we're going to start bumping that back into the major league payroll. And, you know, if if they see what we're, what we're saying here, if we're being reasonable and saying that this is a team that could be in wild card contention, maybe if things, you know, uh, do okay next year, go well next year, Maybe this is the time to start. Maybe this is the moment in the rebuild when you turn that corner and start investing back in the major league payroll. I just hope they don't invest, you know, fifty million in Zach Kozart. I love Kozart, but you know, I hope they don't invest thirty million in Zach Kozart. But that's just me. Yeah, I, 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 just, think, I, I, think don't, I don't think you're gonna get the return on investment not at his age. It just we saw it with uh, Brandon Phillips that worked out well signing an old middle infielder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's, that's my buddy you're talking about now. <laughs> that's right. That's your buddy. We've, boy, we need to go back and just uh, pull out all the clips of uh, you talking about Brandon Phillips on the podcast over the years. No, no, no. That, that'd be fun to listen to. Let's talk about the outfield. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the outfield. You know who never, who's the highest ranked outfielder on the Reds player power rankings? I may have ranked him too highly. Jesse, little, I had Jesse Winker at number nine. You got a little Winker there? little Winker. Um. Hey, listen, man, this guy's – I don't have any complaints about what he's doing so far. He's been exactly the player that we expected, 282 average, 368 on base percentage, except that he's hit six home runs after only hitting two in the uh, minors this year. So yeah, my, I have no answer for that. I don't but, either. But and my, yeah, my guess is he doesn't either. <laughs> probably not. Has he done enough – do you believe – I believe that Jesse Winker – should be the start one of the three starting outfielders next year. Period. Do you agree with that or disagree? I agree. Uh, I don't want to see him hitting where he's hitting tonight in the Reds lineup. Tell us where he's hitting tonight. He's hitting fifth. Why is he not leading off like he's been lately? Because the speedy Scott Shebler is leading off. What is that all about? I don't know. I think Brian. Price must have been eating them funny brownies today or something. <laughs> are they playing in Colorado? Where are they today? Um, and not that I, we don't like Shebler. At least I, I like Shebler. But, I, you know, 313 on base percentage as your leadoff guy? Yeah. I, I, He's a power I, guy. I got, I got nothing. Yeah, I can't, I can't explain I, I'm not a huge Shebler fan. I think he's fine. I, I You know, I and his splits this year are backwards, I think, from what they historically are. I think he's struggling on right-handers. If I remember right, reading, I read somewhere that he's struggling with right-handers this year, and normally he had killed right-handers. And... 
Is that you or is that me? <laughs> I thought that's you, Bill. I don't know what that was. That's very exciting. We have. We I don't have, know. It was kind of a crescendo there. I, you know. I know. It's like we've got our own sound effects here on the podcast. It's, oh, that's outstanding. So try to do that again sometime. That was, not, that was very exciting. Next time I, you I, make a real emphatic point, make sure we can get that back in. I was, you know, I was looking around the room trying to see if the bed guy came out of the closet or something. I didn't you know? know what that was. Either that, or it was Jason from Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, well, the, I, I do like Shebler, Actually, I think I, I like him more than you do. I think that uh, you know he was hurt for six weeks at least with that shoulder and didn't tell anybody. And if you if you sort of take those that time out, just look at the time when he was healthy. He's been a significantly above average hitter. Now he's not a leadoff hitter. Okay, here, wait, 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 but let's stop for a minute. He was hurt for six weeks and didn't tell anybody. Yeah, I know. That kind of stuff makes me absolutely insane. But that's nothing new in baseball, though. This is no, a guy, but just stupid. Well, but this is a guy that's fighting for a you know a major league career here. His professional life, I understand. I mean, I agree he shouldn't have done it. It's it's ridiculous. It hurts because the team. It hurts him. Six weeks where your numbers are in the toilet to realize that it didn't get no better. I think that's what it took. <laughs> Apparently it did. Uh, for him to say, oh, wait a minute, I'm hurting the team, and I'm hurting my own chances of staying with the team by doing this. I need to get healthy. Um, maybe he's so, learned his lesson, but I think he's so been really good when healthy. Winker in right field, and I know who you want in center field. <laughs> well, I'm, you know, I don't know what to say about Billy. Is, is, is your love affair dissipated with <laughs> – Little Billy? No, he's still my favorite player, and I think he's the most exciting player on the roster. But my hopes that he was gonna, that last year's improvements were real, those have dissipated. I think he is what he is as a hitter, which is not a very good one. Um, and the fact that he's leading off is ludicrous. But I think he's a good enough center fielder and a good enough uh, base runner that you can hit him eighth or ninth, and he can still have value to the team. Probably going to win a Gold Glove this year, but. Uh, yeah. I think if I think if the Reds if Shebler could play center field, passably, and I think he possibly can as a as a replacement guy, you know, a backup. But if he could play center field, uh, well, I think you've got a real problem. Um, but I don't think the Reds have anybody else that can play center field um, to that extent. So, you know, I don't know what to say about Billy. I'll tell you what I would say. But again, if you trade him, you can you, you bring something back. Well, that's actually where I was where I was going. I think this is might be a guy that uh, some team with a big pitcher's park and some big huge uh, outfield. You know, Hamilton's going to be getting expensive soon as well, and so that might be yeah. a guy you look to trade during the off season. Um, you know, I don't know. I like Billy. Do you, do you have any faith in Philip Irvin? Uh, not as a starting center fielder in the majors, no. I mean, I, I, he could surprise me, but I think he's a—he's he's probably destined to be. I don't think, first of all, defensively, I don't think he can handle center field uh, okay. full-time. But uh, I think he's destined to be a pretty good fourth outfielder that can play any of the three outfield positions on a backup basis, has some, some pop, can get on base a little bit. A, a really good fourth outfielder on a good team. I think Chris has on steroids, basically. You know, um, a guy that you can play anywhere and uh, you, you're not afraid to have him pinch hit. So I mean I like Irvin I think he'll be on the team next year but I just I don't see him as a solution okay. as, as a starter. Um, so that's that is what it is. Uh, so you know again then we move around we were in, we were under Duvall we haven't mentioned Duvall and Do I, I really like him I, I like him a lot. He's hitting two oh four with a two fifty eight on base percentage in the second half. Yeah. And did you see that he, he uh, leads the majors in stranding runners on base? He stranded 40 more runners than Albert Pujols, who's in second place. Um, which means some Reds are getting on base. That's good news. So I don't know about Duvall. You know, he, play, he plays good defense. Plays very good defense. Good yeah. arm. Great power. Um, and, you know, for most of the season. He's regressed in the second half. There's no doubt. Right. But, you know, but, for, for most of the season, this was a, this was a good player. And it was a good player last year. Right. But he's going to be 29 next year. Yeah. Um, Tell Shebler. 26. He'll be 27 next year. Two years younger. And has better stats this year 
and is younger. And I guess defensively, Duvall gets the edge. Although by the stats this year, Shebler's better than Duvall defensively. That's one that I don't believe. Yeah. Um, I don't see that. But uh, I think if you're choosing between Duvall and Shebler, I think you probably go Shebler. Shebler rated 11th? You are on drugs. Oh, you have no idea. Me and Brian Price were sampling some of the uh, the brownies. Um, and, even, and you've even got Duvall at 14. I like Duvall. I like Duvall. I just, I don't know. I can't, I can get over the age, I guess. I think they're the same player. <laughs> Except Shebler's younger. Yeah. But you know what I think I might do? First of all, I don't think, I don't think, I don't, what's that? Yes, I was going to say, you know, we've all wanted want to say the first thing you want to say is trade Duvall, trade him, you know. But he doesn't have any value right now. I can't imagine. Maybe he does. Somebody might want the this guy. He's a. I just think you're not trading him at his uh, at peak value. But why why do you have to trade him? Why can't we have Duvall, Shebler, Billy Hamilton, and Jesse Winker, and play them all? Let Shebler back up uh, Billy Hamilton, or you know, when Billy Hamilton gets hurt, uh, Shebler and, and Urban can share it. And I think you can find enough at bats for all these guys if you're creative about it. And it may not need to be a strict platoon of Duvall and Shebler, but if if you are do, you, are you confident in this manager's ability to be able to do that? Well, <laughs> he does have Shebler leading off. Does he retard the progress <laughs> of the development of a Jesse Winker, or you know, uh, that's when management's got to step in and. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I'm not willing to defend Brian Price on that. Uh, I like Brian Price better than most, but I don't have a really extremely high opinion of him. But I, I think there's enough at bats that you can have those guys. And then when when Duvall or Shebler or even Winker's not starting, that's a great bat off the bench. Yeah, and you're going to have Urban on the bench, and you're going to have you know that improves your bench. I mean that, that that's a, that's a five man outfield: Duvall, Shebler, Winker, Billy Hamilton, Philip Urban. You got some good defensive players in there. You got a bunch of guys. I mean, that's a that's a good group. And uh, you know, if, if if one of them needs to be included in a trade this winter, okay. But I don't mind going with those guys as long as Jesse Winker is playing. I think Winker is the guy that has to be. In the he has to play 140 games next year. It's it's time for them to figure out whether he's the guy they thought he was when they drafted. Him. Well, he's not shown anything that would uh, make you say think that he's not. Yeah, any questions you may have had about him at Louisville, they've dissipated when he got up here. Yeah, yeah, he's you know, I just uh, I just like having a guy like that. I love the idea of him and Eugenio Suarez hitting in front of Votto. Just so many RBI opportunities for Votto because those guys get on base, and the Reds have not had two guys get on base like that in front of Votto really ever in Votto's career. So I don't know. I just uh, I I don't mind hanging on to all those guys. I know it's a log jam sort of, but uh, as long as we're just saying that Jesse Winker is going to play. I'm with you. So, I don't know. Uh, we mentioned Eugenio. What a great season. I've got Eugenio fourth on the player power rankings. And every time I think about Eugenio Suarez, who, you know, what are his numbers this year at this point? Uh, 267 average, 376 on base, 480 slugging. 26 home runs, 25 home runs, 26 home runs, 25 doubles, 81 RBIs, elite defense at third base, and the Reds acquired him. Got him for nothing. They got him in exchange for the bloated corpse of Alfredo Simon. Bring me the head of Alfredo Simon. (laughs) Every single time I think about Suarez, that's what I think about. So, Now, my question to you about Suarez, we're talking about money and spending money on the Major League roster. Do you sign Eugenio Suarez long-term right now, this winter? Buy out some of his arbitration, buy out some of his free agent years. How is, is, it, he in our, is this his first year of arbitration? Mm, I'll have to look and see here. I'll pull that up. Um, seems like he's got well, – I don't know. I looked it up at one point and I can't remember, so I'll pull that up. But I, um, The answer is yeah. I think he's uh, arb- eligible. Is, yeah, this is breaking the bank? This is his first year of arbitration eligibility. So you'd be buying out, I forget the rules now. Is it two years of arbitration? Three, three years of arbitration? You'd be buying out three. Arbitration. So you'd be looking, you'd probably be looking at a five-year deal, something like that. Yeah, I signed him five or six years. Buy out some of his arbitration, some of his 
free agent years. I think the Reds can get good value out of a deal like that if Suarez is willing to sign something like that. And I imagine it would be, you know, some security. This is the type of deal that the Reds need to be looking to make, I think. Lock up some of these younger guys so that they're going to be around. If if the fact there is a window of competitive play opening here in the next few years, Suarez is a guy you want somewhere. On the he's going to be a cornerstone. If this team's going to be successful in the next few years, he's going to be a cornerstone of that success. Yeah. Was he like four and a half win player this year? This is his age 20. 25. Age 25 season. I mean, wow. Wow. And, uh, and But the defense coming along so much is uh, amazing. And it goes back to something that I keep hearing. There have been several articles about Joey Votto lately and his approach to the play and things like that. And every one of these have had quotes from different writers, quotes from Eugenio Suarez about how, you know, I, I watch him, watch what he's doing, and I'm trying to do the things he's doing. And um, someone told me, and I can't remember who it was, but someone associated with the Reds told me that he's out there earlier than anyone, that he loves working, that he just loves being on the field and working it better. You know, it's uh, it's like it's not work for him is the way it was put to me. Um that's the guy. That's the guy you want to build your franchise around. Um, I think the Reds should really, really try to see if he'll uh, he's willing to sign something. I'd, I'd go. I'd go six years for him if he'd be willing. It takes you to his age thirty-one year. I, I I could live with that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And then you either let him walk or whatever. You see where you are at that point. But uh, I think you're buying out his best years and you're saving some money. I think over what uh, he would end up earning. Absolutely, on the right. agent market. Yeah, the salaries aren't going down. Right. So, uh, I love that idea. Um. Now, uh, sort of a similar age, age twenty six, and this is uh, your buddy. I want to talk about here, uh, Tucker Barnhart. Are you surprised at the player that Tucker Barnhart has become to this point? Offensively, absolutely. I always knew he'd be a, a good to great defensive player. And I thought that would be his key to being a 10, 12, 15-year guy in the big leagues. But I never expected him to, to be this good offensively. I mean, he's really had a wonderful year. Yeah, I mean, roughly a league average hitter. And, and, I, read, and I, try to, I always try to admit my prejudices. He's a great kid. He is. He is. Very nice young man. And he had, I mean, we met him when he was playing in Dayton, and he's, we've known him all the way up, and he's just – always a nice kid he's just a wonderful kid uh you know he his 3.1 wins above replacements fourth best on the reds this year um he, he really understands the strike zone he gets on base and defensively he is exactly like what you said you know he was a minor league gold glover at catcher uh the catch framing statistics show that he's uh, sort of behind the curve a little bit on catch on pitch framing but um every other uh, metric shows him being really among the best, if not the best catcher. Defensively. People like Chris Welsh think that pitch framing thing's a bunch of hooey anyway. Could be. Um, all of Fangraph's defensive numbers say he, well, he leads the entire majors in defensive runs above saved above average for catchers. He's thrown out more would-be base stealers than any catcher in either league. I mean, he's 26. I mean, that's I, – I, I, I was like you. I thought this is a guy that has a chance of hanging around the big leagues for a long time because of that glove – and he knows he'd be a career backup guy. Yeah, you know, play 15 years as a backup and, you know, uh, make some money and uh, and uh, have a nice little career. Uh, he knows the strike zone fairly well, so, you know, he's not going to kill you. But uh, I just didn't see by age 26 him being a this type of player. And, uh, don't, so, you think, don't you think going into spring training next year it's his job to lose? I think it has to be, and, and that leads to my question for you. Is he the Reds, you know, is he the Reds' catcher for the foreseeable future? You know, are they going to hand the reins to him for the next four years? I don't. I don't know. I. I you know, if, if Mezzarocco comes back, and and, he, and I read your both your little barb on him, like you said, you wouldn't want to walk across the street with Devin any these days. Uh, Bad luck, that guy. Oh, the poor guy. Another wonderful, really nice guy. Gets hit on the foot with a pitch, and he's out for the rest of the year, basically. Ugh. Yeah. You know, it, you know. Looks like this is. Uh, I'm sorry, not to just interrupt. This is 
Tucker's he's the same as Eugenio. This is his first year being arbitration eligible. Well, he's going to make some money. Yeah. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, he's going to get a big raise. Good for him. He's but, earned it. But but you know, do, do you sign him when you've already signed him as a Rocco? So then you got all that money tied up in one position. Yeah, I don't I don't think you can I don't think you start talking about signing him right now. I mean, you've got him for the next uh, three years. Years. So, and, and arbitrate, you know, and he's not going to have breakout arbitrate numbers that are going to break you in arbitration. Right, right. He's not going to turn around and hit three thirty with forty home runs next year. Right. So much of his value is tied up in his in his glove he, that he's liable yeah. not to break the bank. Right. But he, but he's a good guy to have. He's a great guy to have, and I love the idea of healthy Mesoraco coming back just because of that bat that I still see. You can still see saw glimpses at this year, and having those guys sharing it, you know. But I think yep. Barn- the difference is, before this season, healthy Mesoraco, healthy Barnhart. I'd say Mesoraco sixty percent of the games, Barnhart forty, and I think I'd flip that going into next year. I, I think going into spring training, that's uh, it would be at least that. Yeah. But let, uh, but, and yeah. I guess I guess they were smart to hold on to Turner. I guess I guess even, so. Even though I can't, I mean, I, you have a hard time convincing me that you couldn't find somebody that's as good as Turner without carrying three catchers for those small periods of time when they did. They Turner's were, done, Turner's done nothing to impress me. They really must believe in his glove. They yeah. must. One forty-one average, one eighty-four on base percentage. He only he's been on the team all year and he's only played in thirty-three games. Yeah, and and. And I'll bet you three-quarters of those have been the second half. Yeah. Well, you know what's going to happen. He'll be the starting catcher on opening day for the Louisville Bats, and he'll be back whenever uh, one of the catchers gets injured. Uh, uh, you know. But even when Devin gets hurt again? When Devin, bless his heart. When, when, that, when Devin gets struck by lightning or, you know, the yeah. net fall, the net behind the backstop, you know, backstop net falls down on him or, you know, some other act of God – <laughs> something you know something's gonna happen yeah poor kid poor guy um moving moving up the list uh number 18 and i think i ranked him way too high i don't know why i put him at 18 but uh homer bailey what, what are your thoughts on homer bailey right, let me tell you my thoughts first okay his numbers do not look good but it's a guy coming back from you know two years of injury um He's working his way back into form. He's pitched at least six innings in eight of his last 14 starts. Went five and two-thirds and two more. He's given up three runs or less in nine of his last 14 starts. Um, he's had some some bad ones, and when he's bad, he's bad. But I feel like we can slowly see him rounding back into form. Now, what I think that form is, though, is probably a number four starter at best. But he's a guy that can help the the rotation if he's healthy. I think he's I think he can be a solid number four starter next year. I think Homer's going to be whatever he is, and, and and I don't think there's any way of judging what it's going to be. I'm not, I don't, I don't want to I don't want to you know bet the ranch, right? Either way, you know, is this the worst signing of my lifetime for the Reds? Probably, but not through anybody's fault. I mean, you can't. The problem is signing pitchers long term like that when you know that their arm is a ticking time bomb. Yeah. And you know, what was it? A five-year deal or something? I think. Ah, uh, yeah. hundred million. I, you know, I would never, I would never give a pitcher a five-year deal. Nope. I would be Billy, you know, I'd be like the A's. I'd be trading them before I've signed them to long-term deals. And, and you know what's when he, when he signed that deal, he'd been healthy. He'd been the picture of health. Oh yeah. And the minute he signed it, yeah. The the guy that uh, back then that was the injury prone at the time was Johnny Cueto. Right. Um, they thought back. they thought Homer was a uh, I wish they thought Homer was a better bet and I can't argue with that but yeah again in retrospect. Right. Um, you want him to bring in a guy in the winter? What, what about Cueto? Would you have if you were them? Would you look, look at Cueto? Well, Cueto would have to opt out of his contract, and after this rough season, I'd be surprised if he opted out. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, if he were available, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, I think what the benefit to the Reds is if he's healthy, he's going to be a good pitcher, and uh, the 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 Reds get more benefit out of signing him than anyone else because that's a big uh, that's a big PR move, you know. Yeah. So I mean, I, I don't I don't think he'll be available. You know, he might. Giants. I have a friend of mine that's a Giant fan. He said there's nobody that that 
he's you know he thinks they're going to make clear clean house up over the winter. Well, I'll take him. I'll take him. You have to write the check though. <laughs> I don't want to write that check. It's not coming out of my paycheck. Um. So yeah, and and the thing about Homer is. He's like a number of other guys that you just don't know. Not Just excluding the young guys who you really don't know what to expect out of them. We hope they're going to progress. But everybody else, there are no sure bets. You know, you talk about Homer Bailey. You talk about Anthony DiSclafani. You talk about uh, Brandon Finnegan. You just you don't have any idea. The Reds could have a right. – just using their in-house guys without getting anyone else, they could have a really good rotation next year. Yep. Or they could have a historically bad rotation. Yeah, I, just don't, I don't know. I mean, two of the guy, two of the guys that, that they counted on pitching this year haven't thrown an inning, <laughs> yeah. right? Is, is Finnegan throw? Yeah, Finnegan had three starts. Okay, so between the two of them, they had three starts in the whole year. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we said it last week on the podcast. Uh, Tim Adelman leads, leads his team in innings pitched this year. That's why they're in last place. Tim Adelman. And I like Tim Adelman. He's he's fine. They but... Scott Feldman, what three point two or something? And yeah, Feldman. Yeah, Feldman sort of was what I I think a lot of people expected him to be. I don't know. Well, and the other guy. Let's just go ahead and move on down to the bottom of the list. Number forty-one on the Reds' player power rankings. Your favorite player, Bill Bronson Arroyo. You excited about Arroyo's retirement party this weekend? Uh, I'm not going to be there. I, I couldn't make it. I didn't, you know, my invite got lost in the mail. And <laughs> hey, Reds Hall of Famer. I, I keep. I'm hoping that Bronson will do something for the people in the Keys. I'd like to see him headline a fundraiser for the people in yeah. the Keys. Yeah, that'd be good. For those that don't know, Bronson Arroyo was born in Key West. And Bill wasn't born there, but he spent most of his adult life there. Uh, every, no, that's not true. We every go free moment. This. We go about once a we go once a year. My wife just went a couple of weeks ago, but other than that, yeah. Um, Bronson, other than this year, was a wonderful red. He should not have been brought back this year, and you can make people can make all the excuses they want, but it, it, it he was like pitching softball. Yeah, yeah, it was not good. It was not good. But you know. Don't, if they had somebody else out there, they'd have lost just as many games. So I don't let this year jade my opinion of Bronson Arroyo. Yeah, and it should. Even he's, though- a, he's a class guy. He's a good. He was a great pitcher. I don't think he was ever a great pitcher. He was a good pitcher. From all from all reports, a great teammate uh, and, and, a, and, a, and a, a, a valuable guy to the to the city and to the to the franchise. I said the best, you know, I was I didn't know if the Reds would bring uh, Tyler Molly up from AAA to Cincinnati this, at the end of the season. And I said uh, on Twitter, I think it was, the biggest reason to have him up here is that he's gotten to sit next to Bronson Arroyo for six weeks. And just yeah, they're kind of, they, they're, you know, he's Bronson Arroyo with stuff. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's a, <laughs> he's a guy that, uh, you know, is going to have sort of a similar profile and have to really be smart in the way he pitches. And so Bronson yeah. could be a good uh, influence. Um. Okay, well, the last question of the day before we wrap it up here, because I'm sure everyone, well, nobody's still listening at this point. But uh, If they were, they're asleep. Yeah, but but assuming someone may be listening. Hi, Mom. Um, Hi, Linda. We are going, That's my wife. <laughs> we are going into uh, next year. Um, and tell Linda I said hi, by the way. I uh, would do that. We're going into next year. Hopefully the Reds are at a point, as we said earlier, they're turning the corner a little bit, changing the focus of the rebuild. So if if, they're, if you're Dick Williams, general manager, and you're looking at which areas we really need to prioritize in terms of what we want to improve going into next year, what are the biggest question marks, I guess, going into 2018? Where around the diamond do you see as being the biggest question marks? I think, I think the, the middle of the infield. You know, what you're going to do in the middle of the infield. You know, is are, are, are you going to sign Cozart? Are you going to let him walk? Is Peraza your guy? Are you going to, you know, is Jeanette your guy at second base? You know, uh, the, the Herrera kid with the shoulder is, is, have we given up on him? You know, there's, there's a couple, there's a couple of, you know, young guys coming up that, you know, could be, could be decent players. You know, how good, who knows? Yeah. 
She had long down in double A. Alex Blandino looked good at second base for Louisville this year. Yeah, who knows? You know, so who? I, but to me, that's the biggest question. I, you know, I, of course, and that's assuming continued improvement of these young pitchers, right? Just which is a major league assumption. But I think I think you're right that that's one of the biggest questions, or the biggest question, because they're going to have to make a decision soon about what direction they're going to go uh, with the middle infield because there's just so many moving parts. They're going to have to make some decisions and decide on a plan. I think. Yep. Um, what do you think is the the biggest? Well, I've had, to be addressed. I think it's uh, they need a stud starting pitcher. I think that there's so many question marks, but there's enough good pitchers that you can cr- cobble together a good-looking rotation. But all of a sudden, it looks like a great rotation if you can just get one guy up at the top that is the anchor. See, and, and I've always said that I think that having the number one guy is overrated because how many teams really have a number one guy? Well, I think it's important if you're going to have you know four other guys who are three and four guys. I think you got to have one. Well, you know, I think you got to have one. They need, this team needs one great pitcher. They don't need another Scott Feldman. They well, need, no. And I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be an ace. I'll take that three million and go out there. You know, if they're going to pay it. <laughs> yeah, really. It doesn't necessarily have to be an ace because those are hard to find. But even if it's a number two guy, even if it's a, I think they've got to have a. So who? Are, I mean, like who? Are, give me an idea of who you're thinking about. Uh, Chris who, Archer with Tampa Bay. Um, who is rumored to be on the trade market? Um, Marcus Stroman uh, with the Blue Jays. Uh, those are guys that might be available in trade on the you know, on the free agent market. I don't know. You know, I'm not. I'm not a. You Darvish's name has been thrown out there. I'm not a. I'm not a fan of that. I, uh, bringing in a 31 pitcher with an injury history, 31 yeah. year old pitcher. And you're going to pay a lot of money. Right. Right. I, mean, I think if he's healthy, he could be. He could be a guy. You know. Um, I think I, I believe Dallas Keuchel from Houston is going to be a free agent. That might be a guy, you know. I, of course, you got a free agency though. You're talking about a lot of money. Yeah, they're, they're, it's going to get bid up on him. So I don't, you know, I think the Reds need to be looking to try to trade for a guy like Chris Archer. Uh, fits the, the 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 profile of what I like to look for, which is a guy who's still young, who um, still uh, yeah, I think he still has two or three years uh, that he'd be under team control. Um. I think that's the kind of guy. That's the kind of guy you got to start looking to trade. Major league guys, you know, like we, we talked about all these guys uh, could be available. You know, who I don't know what Tampa Bay's looking for. I haven't followed their team closely enough. Um, and also, you're you're trading your prospects. And um, Taylor yeah. Taylor Trammell's had a great year. He's blowing everybody away uh, with his uh, season and his athleticism. These these guys got to go. I mean, I think it's time to improve the major league roster. So I think everyone's available. Yep. But that's that's what I think going okay. next year. So, before we get off here, yes, sir. Congratulations to our friends up in Cleveland. We have friends in Cleveland. We got one at least. Can... I'm so excited for Jay Bruce. And I would add Edwin Encarnacion to that. I list. would, but he's been gone a long time, and still, he's a former Red. Come on, man. Yeah. But, yeah. but but definitely Jay. Jay is one of my, one of our guys. Well, and just a, and of course you met him in Dayton as well. Yes, I did. My first interview was with Jay in the dugout. Yeah, and he... Uh, All of three minutes. <laughs> the th- three greatest minutes of your life. That's right. But he's he's just a reputation of being a great guy, a great team. And kind of like you said about Arroyo, nobody has a bad word to say about Jay Bruce the person. And so it's nope. it's great to see him having success. And uh, I'm going to be I'm gonna have to cheer for the, for the Indians in the playoffs. Anybody but the Cubs. Anyone but the Chicago Cubs. ABC. Or the, or the Cardinals. See, it's still ABC. Yeah. Anyone but the Cubs, anyone but the Cardinals. So It's any, kind of like basketball. Anybody but LeBron. Anyone. Hey, no. Come on, man. Oh, God, no. All right. <laughs> we're gonna, when we finish, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop this, and then we're going to start a new podcast about LeBron James. We're gonna, we'll talk about him next. Uh, we, You'll be on your own. <laughs> oh, i got plenty to say about the greatest player in the history of basketball. Okay. <laughs> All right, so thank you all for listening. If you made it this far, uh, I don't know how you did it, but I, I really appreciate the fact that you took the time out of your day to download the podcast and listen to uh, Red Leg Nation Radio. Um, you can follow us uh, all over the place. You can go find us on Twitter, at Red Leg Nation on Twitter, and at redlegnation.com every day. Uh, you know, download, you download the podcast, but also subscribe. Go to iTunes, uh, Google Play, 
TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, you should be able to find uh, Red Leg Nation there. If they have an option like they do on uh, iTunes to rate and review the podcast. I've noticed some new reviews lately. I just looked for the first time uh, in a long time uh, the other day, and I know some of you have done that. I appreciate that. It helps uh, helps people find us. And as I always say, if, if you like us, talk about us. Tell your friends. If you don't like us, you know, keep, keep your mouth shut. Nobody needs to hear that. Uh, Bill, always great talking to you, buddy. Yeah, you too, man. All right, we'll do it again real soon for Bill Light. Always happy to be on. Yeah, well, I'm always glad to have you. We need, Our schedules haven't worked out as much uh, recently, but we're, we're going to change that. Um, and thanks to all you for listening. For, Ch- for, Bill, for Bill Lack, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.